Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode has filmmaker Cora Linda on the show with Tony to discuss her passion of film and discuss their favorite movies directed by women. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy with a brand new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony the Movie Guy. And my guest tonight, this is a double feature. I've had uh, these wonderful couple who've flown out to Los Angeles, and uh, I'm really lucky to have them on the show. Uh, You heard Spacey and I chat all about film documentaries, and that was a, a real blast of an episode because I think we actually succeeded in making documentaries sound fun. And now his lovely wife, Cora, who's a filmmaker, we're going to talk about films directed by women. Hi, Cora. Hi, Tony. I'm really happy to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm really happy and nervous to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nervous. This is like a, a little homely, fun, totally laid back and relaxed podcast. And we're, look, we're lovers of film and we're going to chat and talk about film and uh, somehow make it entertaining. You know, I've, I'm, I've gone like 75, 76 episodes. People seem to like it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going until people tell me to stop, <laughs> which hopefully is never. Um, but I, I actually love this subject. So first of all, tell me about you, Cora, because you're a filmmaker. So what do you do? How did you get started? What's your passion? What's your inspiration? Let's hear all about it, my dear. Whew. Um, I know that was like a loaded question. <laughs> I know. <My laughs> you're on the spot. Day is April. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my name's Cora. Um, I am a filmmaker. I started out in um, actually set construction and set design whew, a really long time ago. Um, and I, um, I'm actually a certified set rigger. Awesome. What does that mean specifically? It means that if you needed to build a 50 foot concert stage, I could, you can do do that. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) So that, um, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then I, um, started getting into art direction and art design and then production design and production design is anything that has to do with the look of the film. Right. I'm more familiar with that for sure. Yeah. So, um, some people hire a production designer and all they want them to do is like hang curtains that they already picked out. And sometimes a production designer is fully involved casting, lighting choices, wardrobe, hairstyles, makeup, um, prop set, any, everything, anything that visually, um, is going to bring the film to life. They work with the director to create that vision. So I was doing that um, for years and years and years. And then um, almost exactly four years ago, I directed my first uh, short film. Well, I had done like two short films with like friends in our backyard, like whatever. But um, my first real, like it had a budget registered with SAG, location permits, the whole it nine It felt yards. like more official. Yeah, there. I mean, there was money involved. So it was, that makes it official. <laughs> it was official. Money's on the line. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Um, and that was pretty cool. It premiered in um, August 2016 at the first festival. Where Which one was that? It, uh, the Action on Film Festival. 
Um, it used to be in Monrovia. Now it's in Las Vegas. And the name of the, the short? Oh, uh, the short film is called Names on the Wall. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. that. Um, I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Um, that film went on to win so many awards. It was almost like overwhelming. Yeah. I was like. Because it was my first time directing. Like, so. hey, I'm actually talented. <laughs> it was, no, it was more like, holy crap, can I do this again? Like, is this just yes, like. Yes, you can. Um, apparently I can because I've done a bunch of films since. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so. And you consider yourself a, a filmmaker first and foremost. Is that correct? Like now that's really your passion? Yeah. Um, I used to be very adamant about being a production designer even once I started directing. Right. Um, and I was kind of being like a producer production designer. And then I got into um, directing and I've kind of started writing some, um, a couple of shorts that we've done. I've either co-written or written or helped develop the writing on. Um, but now I've got like a bunch of IMDb writer credits, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So, and yeah. And you also do work at Hit Record, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's company. Do you do work there? What do you do Not there? as cool as my husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like an official curator, like handpicked by Joe. But Very um, cool. No, I'm just a lowly community member. I When I feel like making something, I'll make something. <laughs> I don't think there's anything lowly about that at all. <laughs> but um, no, it's cool. Um, uh, Hit Record's changed a lot, and now it's just more of a creative a creative space but um which is fantastic yeah it's really a safe place to just make art to learn and grow and and collaborate and find people to collaborate with um i uh every single one of my films actually um involves in a major part a hit recorder who isn't just my husband like obviously my <laughs> husband but um my second film bringer of war um all the animation on that was done by uh, a guy named seth bang um, on, cool, on hit man. record yeah so um yeah i don't know how much you want me to talk about that no but... that's fantastic okay. well look you've got nothing to be nervous about because I, I see your passion uh, keep working i wish you all the best i'm sure you're gonna go on to do great things just keep creating that's what it's all about Thank hey that's you. why i do this show man i just people apparently just like to hear me talk about films and write <laughs> about films and i'll keep keep doing that hopefully until they keep paying me and other things but also first and foremost because I love it and I would do it anyway. You know what I mean? Totally. So I, I love the subject you picked, um, which wasn't even that hard for me. Because look, you would think that in this macho world of Hollywood, you know, and Me Too and everything going on now, uh, you chose films directed by women. This list, surprisingly, wasn't that hard for me because many of the films genuinely on this list are some of my favorite films of all time. Films I can watch over and over again and films almost in every genre as well, which kind of surprised me. I was like, wow, you know, directed by women who can do action like no other, who can do comedy, who can do dark, messed up weird films like no other so uh, i'm excited to go through it it was a, it was a great topic to choose yay thanks to you <laughs> so we'll go through our list you have your own list which i know you really put your heart and soul into <laughs> it was adorable hearing how you know you were really working this over for the last uh, couple months because this has been a long time coming uh doing these uh these shows I, i'm really happy that we made it happen and we we got you and spacey on the podcast so we're gonna go through our handpicked lists of movies directed by women you're the guest ladies first who um all right well i was gonna go in alphabetical order um and i still am but to be interesting i'm gonna go in backwards you can go order. in whichever <laughs> order you want okay i just couldn't figure out how to categorize these because they're kind of all over the place yeah that's okay my list again it's just 
kind of off the top of my head. Sure. Um, so these are ones I tried to pick because obviously there's some films that, you know, say films directed by women and there's immediately five that like anyone's going to name. Um, well, the funny thing is, sorry to interrupt, no, but fine. you wouldn't. And this is kind of, again, maybe uh, an example of kind of Hollywood and how maybe some do consider it sexist because you wouldn't kind of think off the top of your head you would be able to name movies directed by women. Mm -hmm. uh, that is true. It should be way more plentiful. But it is kind of not shocking, but just kind of cool when you look at these films that were directed by women that everyone loves. Anyway. Back to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I love. I do. I love that. And there are definitely a couple on here where my husband was like, "What about this film?" Because he knew that I loved the film, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, right. it was almost a, yeah. a woman directed that. Yeah, damn which, right. And I, I have like a big thing on um, being called like a female filmmaker, or like a female director, because I consider myself a director and a filmmaker. You know, period. and a filmmaker. Like, exactly. I, so um, the first one that I have is a little film called Yentl. Oh yeah, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Damn right. So um, this uh, film is near and dear to my heart for many reasons. One uh, being that I'm also Jewish. Yentl to me is a really, really powerful story. Um, I'm sure many people haven't seen it, but it's basically about a woman who wants to study um, like the highest forms of Jewish learning, right. which is forbidden if you're female and you're in the most orthodox uh, kind of portions of Judaism so she literally disguises herself as a man and goes to study and you can only imagine being disguised as a man she's going to run into some things right that what's going to go down she yeah. literally ends up getting married like the lie goes so far that she ends up marrying this woman and she's like crap <laughs> like wow. yeah, um, I, I look I won't uh, I have to admit I haven't seen the film mm -hmm. but I've heard of it yeah and I know it was a film she made like when she was at the height of her fame so she was able to write produce direct this film and yeah. it was quite a big film when it came out and it's yeah. it's really beautiful and it's very powerful and there's lots of little things like um you know she goes to her bride on their wedding night and she can tell the bride's like terrified and you know like this is a traditional marriage. The girl's a virgin. And she's like, look, you know, if you don't want to, and the bride is so relieved, she's like, really? And she's like, yeah, no, we can get to that. Like in her head, she's like, I don't know how Rolling I'm going time. to get to this, but she's just trying to buy herself time. And one of the things they do is they're like kind of, they end up having like this sort of like pillow fight, like kind of laughing, whatever. One of the things they do is they pour wine on the bed sheets. Traditionally, you have to present the bloody sheets to the girl's father oh my prove. god really yeah that's an actual thing it's an actual thing wow so it's little details like that i'm a big fan of like um i love like tradition and like understanding like culture and things like right. that so to see things culturally worked into a story because yeah. you wouldn't know that you know as like a general rule unless you're I had no idea yeah so that's one of the things that i love about yentles there's so many little teeny tiny things that's just kind of like worked into the story and it's just a beautiful story about this woman's devotion to god and her beliefs and the fact that she's literally willing to live a complete and total lie and i kind of feel like it has to you know it can go beyond art and open up dialogue about you know, at what point in our society do we draw a line? At what point do we have to force someone into this corner because of how they feel or whatever? And I just, yeah. I love films like that because I feel like they speak to more than just the 
thing that they're yeah so it's personal to you and you successfully raised my interest because <laughs> one of those films i've always heard about but i didn't really i didn't even know what it was about oh it's brilliant yeah. and it's yeah. hilarious i mean you can only imagine barbara streisand dressed as a man right like I, I had no idea that was the plot <laughs> she has a best friend and he likes the girl and she has to marry the girl and she's like this is so messed up like right, it's, that's great yeah it's awesome all right good so i'm gonna go full <laughs> macho on mine do but, it I, I mean this is literally one of my all-time favorite films and this director to me is one of the greatest directors of all time which is point break Catherine bigelow is that on your list i intentionally did not put because you knew it would be on films. mine right not only did i know it would be on yours but one of the thing that gets me is i feel like there's such a niche like the fem the not female directors but the films directed by women that are known like i said anyone can name off five but you want to know what's but, funny no that's a good point cora so many people don't know that this is the top three on my list hurt locker strange days and point break everyone knows her for the hurt locker right people are shocked when i tell them that she directed the original and you have to say the original point break because right. the seek the remake that's oh, not even <laughs> mentioned <laughs> please that. No. do not credit no, that no, no. to her Keanu Reeves is Johnny Utah. Right. You know, and Patrick Swayze is Bodhi, which is just, I mean, it's such an incredible bro film, action film directed by a woman who's just badass. And she did Near Dark as well, a vampire film. Uh, and Strange Days to me is so underrated. Produced by um, James Cameron mm -hmm. with Juliette Lewis and uh, Raph Fiennes. Uh, she just she does phenomenal movies so i i get what you're saying completely but i do find it interesting everyone knows her for the hurt locker which right. won an oscar um which to me it's a good film but it's not her best at all right but like point break i tell you you know you know a lady directed that like no <laughs> it's such it's just such a damn good film right so I, I respect what you're saying completely but i just think it's cool that she stands amongst some of the the best kind of action adrenaline mm -hmm. you know directed films that are out there yeah a good you know? director directed easily it. yeah just period <laughs> really yeah. so that's mine what you got okay awesome so i'm gonna go up one and this is probably one of the reasons why i wanted to go in reverse alphabetical order um uh wonder woman patty jenkins oh yeah yeah it's on my list I of figured. course yeah um so one of my favorite 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 things about that film aside from the fact that it is absolutely hilarious and obviously you know the lead actress but um Gal Gadot. yes um who's actually great as wonder woman perfection you no know, but beyond just being this gorgeous beautiful she's actually really good it, she like, is in the role and yeah. what i love about wonder woman more than like anything else is i firmly like there's so many people who try men and women who try to make these like feminist films where women are being strong or women are this and it's usually at the expense of men right and that to me is like that's silly like why so then in four generations men can have an uprising like don't just stop like we like i feel like women are strong enough to coexist and i love the fact that she gets literally this band of merry men that she's the leader of, but it's a strong woman with strong men who are supporting this strong woman and that she's supporting. Yeah. And then it goes into like these crazy, like this giant God CG fight sequence with explosions yeah. and helicopters big, and like superhero movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and she has so much heart and she's such, she's so shocked by like the evil of the world that like, you kind of feel like she would never think 
oh, because you're a blah, blah, I'm supposed to blah, blah. That's what I thought she did so well, her innocence. Yeah. Because she's been, you know, in this island, right. uh, Themyscira, like isolated from the rest of the world. And I thought, like, in addition to just being this beautiful woman, she played that innocence, even though she's so powerful, so well. And her chemistry with Chris Pine, he's fantastic in this. So the way they play off each other was just so well done. It really was. Yeah. And I loved how strong he was and how they didn't take away her heart. Right. And I feel like that, to me, made her stronger because, you know, it's like, in my opinion, if you can shut off all your emotions and be strong, that's not as hard as still feeling and being strong because you have to fight through the feelings to be yeah. strong. I actually, I love how, no, I agree. And I love how Wonder Woman kind of unified men and women. It was, what a perfect film for a couple to go see. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was real. no, it was lovely to see how much this film meant to women. Obviously, I mean, Wonder Woman, a female lead, a big, but it's also just a badass film. It's just, it's a great movie. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was because I didn't really grow up reading Wonder Woman, but it, sure. it, it was really well done. So I enjoyed that and I'm stealing from Patty Jenkins, my next one, Monster, <laughs> you know, um, you know, what's funny about Monster? I've seen that movie one time and I only need to see it one time and I've never forgotten it. Like it's, you've seen Monster, of course. Okay, so Monster <laughs> is Patty Jenkins. It's yeah. Like, she's only directed like two films. Yeah. Monster and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And they couldn't be more different. Monster is about a real life serial killer called Aileen Wuornos or something, mm -hmm. played by Charlie Theron, who uh, won an Oscar, who completely transforms for the role. And it is such a intimate war film with a performance that is just so staggering that you have to watch it. Like, it's so captivating. It's so good. But obviously, it's, you know, it's not like, ooh, Saturday morning viewing, you know. Uh, but I, I love it. And it's it's really well directed, really well put together. Christina Ricci as well co-stars. Fantastic film. I, I highly recommend Monster. Oh, that's awesome. All right. What's next for you? Uh, so the next film that I have is a documentary um, called Unrest by a filmmaker named Jen Brea. Never heard of it. Tell me. It, uh, so it premiered at Sundance. Is it um, new? A couple years. Okay. Uh, it premiered in 2017. Okay. Um, and it was actually shortlisted for an Oscar uh, for really? Best Documentary. It won Best Documentary at Sundance, and it was shortlisted uh, following that up. So uh, Jen is a woman who was at Princeton um, doing like postgraduate or something like that. She'd graduated from Harvard and she met her husband also going to Princeton. Very, very, very intelligent couple. And she got sick and she didn't get better. Hmm. And she didn't know why. It's about um, a disease called myalgic encephalitis. Okay, which, I've heard of it. Um, okay. Um, so... Basically, Jen started like going to doctors and doctors were like, oh, you're just stressed. It's this, that, the other. And she was like, this is weird. She's like, I'm a very intelligent person and this does not make sense. And she started researching it and started finding people all over the world that had this disease that um, apparently is actually twice as common as MS, but it isn't for some reason like science just can't figure it out it's a lot more severe right? it's oh yeah. it, i mean i don't want to say it's a lot more severe than ms because it's it's just different it's a different right. disease you know it's like how do you say what's more severe cancer or aids right, right. you know like yeah, yeah. um but um it it's completely debilitating it just it 
redefines your life um, and it potentially destroys your life. And she made this beautiful documentary from her bed while like trying to figure out everything. And like she tells the story of these people who just um, they, she started a campaign called millions missing. Cause what happens is people get sick and they just kind of disappear from their life and everyone else keeps living, but doesn't realize cause they're not dead. They're just sick and, they, right. and they're not Detached getting better. Yeah. Society. Yeah. And there's been outbreaks throughout history. There's like polio like diseases and different, you know, pockets where people will get sick. And it's not even like where you could say, Oh, well it's everybody in this town and that's it. It's like a woman in England, a guy in Canada, a girl in New York, like people who have nothing in common, no demographic relation at all, no common DNA. They're not, you know, living a similar lifestyle where they could, you know, someone could be like, oh, it's just because they're this or whatever. And um, there's a whole portion of the documentary that talks about how um, the mental health field has been like kind of adamant that it's just a, a mental disease. But when you do blood tests, when you do physical tests, the tests are abnormal. Like it's, you can't say it's in your head when there's something physically wrong. So it's called unrest, huh? It's called unrest. And it's like this, it started this whole movement all around the world, both of like recognition of the disease and research into the disease. And Jen actually just um, moved into remission from it. She found out that she had a, I can't pronounce it, but it's an instability of her cranium that was like pushing on her spinal cord. And that was what was giving her the symptoms specifically. Um, so she's doing better. So she's doing better well, now. That's good. Yeah, it's it's really well, good news. <laughs> it it is. Oh, no, um, I mean, look, this is why you make films. I'm glad there's a platform for it, but I I can tell it's hard for you to talk about. So <laughs> I want to keep this uh entertaining, but also that's great that there's a platform and people can learn about it. You know, where is it available? Um, it's currently, I believe, on Netflix. Okay, good. It, actually, if you're in the medical field, uh, you can watch it as part of your continued education. Okay. Um, and I think it's also on Amazon. If you just go to, if you Google unrest, it's all the platforms are there. Okay. And I can tell that that has a lot of meaning to you. So now my next one feels kind of <laughs> hard to put in there, but, uh, but no, no, that's okay. So look, this one's a bit of a cheat, my next one, but it's one of my all time favorite films. Uh, it's actually a, a, a film duo. It's uh, Anne Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who coincidentally enough just directed Captain Marvel. But they did this beautiful independent film uh, that really put Ryan Gosling on the map called Half Nelson. You ever seen that movie? I haven't, but I've heard of it. It, it. Incredible movie. He's a teacher. It's about drug addiction. And it's just his it's his intimate relationship with this this kid, one of his students. It's just a beautiful film. And, you know, whenever people are talking about Ooh, Gosling and his muscles, I'm like, go back to this film. His performance is stunning. You know, he got an Oscar nomination for it. It, it, It's unlike anything else he's done. It's such a beautiful film. It's fantastic. Called Half Nelson. Check that one out. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. They also did. um, It's kind of a funny story, which is about this guy who's in a psych ward for a week. Another incredible movie. Really, really with a what's his name? Zach Galifianakis, who gives a surprisingly like raw and dramatic performance and which is again another film that's kind of went under a radar so again a bit of a cheat because it's like a it's a, a lady and a guy and Bodan and Ryan, Ryan Fleck but really good films so that's mine okay so this is a bigger film but I'm picking it for a very specific reason and that is Twilight by Catherine Hardwick yeah it's a good film man I 
everyone rags on Twilight. I saw the first one like three times in the theater. I won't lie. I've mentioned it many times on the podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> I Okay, so I loved this film when yeah. I first saw it. One of my friends, I was not into Twilight. I hadn't read the books or anything. And when one of my friends, she wasn't even my friend. She was a girl I worked with who I'd just met. And she was like, you, you're going to love this film. You should go see this film. So I went and saw it. And I was like raving about it before I'd heard any of the critic reviews or whatever. Um, I loved the production design. I didn't know actually that Catherine Hardwick started as a production designer, but I loved the styling, like everything down to like the Cullen's house, the the yeah. baseball scene I thought was brilliant. The so editing well pieces, right? Yeah. The sound, the use of editing, the camera, like there were so many incredible aspects to it. And then the um the dance, the ballet studio when Bella is getting like chased by the guy. Oh yeah, like, at the end, right? James, that scene with the—I mean, okay, anyone who's ever shot anything within a room full of mirrors—that's like a nightmare. Now you're gonna add in like wires and action sequences and fight sequences and fire and like all this stuff, and um, like just as a film, I just thought it was great. Yeah, like it in really general. Is. Like, look, I saw that film with a guy. <laughs> It, and and we loved it. But I remember when, you know, Bella and Edward are lying in the, you know, the daisy fields and he's all sparkling and shining. We looked over at each other and I've, it's a, this is a, you know, a routine joke on the podcast. You know, we just looked over at each other and we we're like, hey man, yo dude. <laughs> and then we went back and saw it again. I mean, it created a phenomenon, but the first film, I mean, the soundtrack, the music, mm -hmm. the, the, the choreography, it, mm -hmm. it really is. It's a, it's a really well put together film and I thoroughly enjoy the first one. So it's a great choice. Thank you. Um, there's a couple other reasons why I picked that one. The first aspect of it is she was actually given a very tight budget to work with and because no one knew how big it was going to be. Right. So it she became a big hit afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So she was given this like little thing and she had to like make that work. And yeah. like it wasn't like, you know, you talk about like Justin Lin, you know, Fast and, and, the Furious, and uh, literally he's bark. like, I want to flip a bus. What do you need? And he's like a million dollars. They're like, go for it. Like, no, don't get me started. It's, on that. <laughs> it's just, it's a very different, and you know, don't get me wrong. Justin Lin fought, you know, he started an indie film. He moved over. But, um, aside from that, uh, Catherine Hardick was the first female director of a major, what would have been a franchise. Apparently she didn't do the second one because it was too quick of a turnaround and she just, her own integrity. She's like, I can't do this. It's not right. going to work. That's right. They but, didn't, well, they also didn't give her full creative control. But aside from that, when she stepped down, they didn't hire another woman, but then neither did the Hunger Games, neither did Marvel, neither did Divergent, <laughs> neither yeah. did, they're all these huge franchises and not a single one of them. Like she was like right there. And then even though there's so many female directors out there, not no one like kind of stepped in and for me that's kind of a big deal and i feel like it kind of doesn't get talked about enough yeah. that a woman started this whole thing because like if the first twilight bombed then it never would have gone anywhere You're if totally that film right. sucked that would have been it well here's what's interesting about that i'm a fan of Catherine hardwick i oh, i awesome. well i followed all of that news when she didn't come back because i've seen the her other two films are on my list oh, 13 oh, okay yeah. is a it's a good film oh it's incredible you know, it's a film. good film with holly hunter uh evan rachel wood mm -hmm. and also that's written by one of the 
girls who's one of the vampires in Twilight. I've forgotten her name. Uh, the the pretty girl. Um, she's she I know wrote, you're talking about. She wrote thirteen with her, but uh, Lords of Dogtown. Oh yeah, I love. I adore that film. It's all about, you know, the, the Dogtown and Z Boys, the birth of skateboarding in LA and Jay Roach and Stacey Peralta. Di- again, directed by Catherine Hardwick. And it's the most bro, you know, do it's just awesome, you know? And, and she just, she had the vision for it perfectly. So this is where you're right. A, a male director, a female director. How about just a an artist? Right. You know, because... She just she had the perfect vision for this film, and it's so good. Have you seen Lords of Dogtown? I haven't, but don't tell her. No, no, it's just okay. But it's worth checking out, even if you're not into skateboarding, because it's a really good film. It's also got an incredible performance from the late and great Heath Ledger. Oh yeah, uh, Emil Hirsch. Just it's just a phenomenal film, and I love it. So Catherine Hardwick is someone that is always on my radar, mm-hmm. and I, I want to see her do more because she's she's so talented. She really is. She truly is. So Twilight's a great pick. All right, back to you. Okay. Um, so the next one is actually one that I didn't realize is on uh, the special mention list for my husband's, but um, 306 Hollywood. Oh, okay. So tell me about that. He mentioned it. Uh, he did. It's a and, documentary, right? Yep. And I am horrifically both dyslexic and I learned most of my vocabulary growing up by reading, not by hearing. So I'm really bad at pronouncing words. So Elan and Jonathan Bulgarian, I think is their last name. They're doing a pretty good job Brother and sister. Um, So 306 Hollywood is the first documentary to screen in the next category at Sundance. So it is this Wes Anderson style excavation, like archaeological sort of exploration into their grandmother's life wow she lived at a house kind of in already (laughs) it's phenomenal it's both visually beautiful and it's almost like whimsical and playful while still being very deep and moving i mean it's sad it's about you know their grandmother died and they're going through her house and she i guess it's like a real tribute it it is and they they mix in you know live footage of you know they they're filmmakers so they were always like videoing their grandma and like interviewing her and she gives this like incredible life advice and she's just hilarious you want to like you like want to like eat cookies yeah (laughs) like so it came out uh, in 2018 at sundance so it's had some limited theatrical runs i believe um and it um it's it's just, it's a very interesting and different way of making a documentary. Yeah, like, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, and it's, they have like the cinematography that they do, the sound design, the visuals. There's a whole, like their grandmother was a dress designer and she would make these dresses and she they had the dresses as part of what they, you know, were, you know, going through at the house. And they have this whole section with like a dance number. Like, I feel like documentary filmmaking has become kind of a new way of, of telling stories and it's Mm. not your traditional like a documentary and like your standard documentary in like 1965 is not your documentary today and i feel really tell a story now yeah Yeah. and i feel like 306 hollywood it it all it just redefines how to tell a documentary film and how to both visually like even just the cinematic elements there's some sort of like fantastical elements there's like a dollhouse they made of of the actual house there's this like telescope that they made there's scenes where they use um like tape recording like it's just it's this very beautiful and interesting way of making a film that i'd never seen before i'm definitely going to check that one out okay that's a great pick okay good next one for me uh, american psycho 
so this is Mary Harron, who I, I don't understand why hasn't done more. Um, I think American Psycho is a phenomenal film. Have you seen this movie? So um, I am a very not fan of anything horror thriller you really should watch this movie then um i'm not saying no i'm not saying you have to but this film caught me off guard for that exact reason i am not into horror at all now i like silence of the lambs type things but i i wasn't into this film at all at first and my friends were like you gotta watch it i look i'm not i'm not forcing you to watch it all but i'm telling you it is so unique and so original in the way it's done it is hilarious while being demented and twisted christian bale gives a tour de force performance it's so good it's based on quite an acclaimed book but um anyway you'll probably never see it and it's okay but it really is fantastic and again it is it's directed by a female and it really this really compounds the point you're bringing up that i couldn't agree with you more where you kind of mentioned you know a, a male writer or a female writer it's art is art you know and that's what that's what i like when i looked at my list one thing i really noticed that i mentioned at the beginning is that so many great films in so many different genres you know directed by women anyway american psycho it, it's it holds up so well to me. I've watched it multiple times and it is a very heavy film. It's very twisted and demented, but it's so tongue in cheek. It's so satirical and like funny, but uncomfortably. So <laughs> anyway, that's my pick. <laughs> no, I've definitely heard of it. And I definitely know that it's, it's an incredible, incredible film. And most people would have no idea it was directed by a woman though, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my next one is uh, the intern. Oh, with Anne Hathaway? Mm -hmm. Oh, my wife loves that movie. <laughs> Nancy Myers. Who directed? Oh, that's Nancy Myers. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, she's a legendary director and writer. And it's my opinion that The Intern is one of the most underrated films ever. Well, my wife would agree. Especially today. Yeah. But not just because it's funny and it's brilliant and it's this and it's that. But, like, again, I, you know, some of these films they either mean a lot to me or I feel like they're very kind of like sociologically important or relevant. Yeah. We have in our society, and I feel like maybe probably since like the rebellion of the hippies, have been generations of rejection of our elders. You know, the hippies rejected the conservatism of their parents, and then the yuppies rejected the wild craziness of the hippies, right. and then Generation X was just it's like, screw you all. So <laughs> that was my was, generation. Right. And you know, now the millennials are very much like, I'm 20 and I know everything. Yeah. And the thing is, there's something to be said for knowledge and experience. Yeah. And you know, all the college degrees in the world are not going to give you world experience. And this film, for me, the like the intern, like he comes back and he kind of goes back to work and joins this workforce of like, you know. Yeah, that's mentioned. So Anne Hathaway <clears throat> oh, is this young, you know, bright lady who's a CEO and Robert De Niro plays <laughs> this like old wise man who's like interning for her. So it is a very unique kind of concept. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, I just, I really feel like it, you know, you don't, um, really ever talk about this like the value of our elders like people just you know you they look at their parents and they're like rah, 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 whatever but yeah. like then like i see my friends with their kids and i'm like do you really think your parents were anywhere but where you are right now as far as like your headspace in dealing yeah. with this and 
Um, another thing that I really love about it is we're constantly trying to reinvent the wheel and forgetting that the car has been going for a while now right. and maybe we should just be building on it. Um, and not to say we shouldn't like ever innovate and change, but of course, it, there's something to be said for the respect of the existing knowledge and growing on top of that. And then also sometimes we want things like to be just right. You know, like an investor is going to come in and going to save the company. They need to hire a CEO because she was the creator. But the truth of the matter is maybe the way she's running her company isn't like out of a business school textbook, but she's doing amazing. Right. And she doesn't need somebody to come in and take over the company for her because sometimes, you know, you can do it right just by damning the rules and doing it. Like, yeah. I mean, that's how I got into film. <laughs> Look at how uh, most people who succeed and have breakthroughs are rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so it's kind of like for me, the film opens like a bit of a dialogue on the dichotomy between the respect of existing knowledge and the relationship between young and old and the disrespect for the enforced, like this is how it has to be. And I feel like that kind of central balance is really like the healthiest place to be. Yeah. And the film to me just really speaks to that. So yeah, it was a much more uh, thoughtful dive into that film. <laughs> it's a sweet, tender film. I'll give you that. It is. Yeah. My wife loves it. Yeah. But it was great. Okay, good. Uh, so here's the next one on my list. I mean, Wayne's World, <laughs> Penelope Spheris, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, this film is, it's so talk about generation x it's so of that generation you know what i mean it's just i don't know i love it i think it's fantastic and again i'm surprised this director didn't go on to do a lot more but i mean i love that movie i don't know your take on it but it's just no it's hilarious i've it's seen part, it it's like part of my life <laughs> <laughs> no it is it's definitely i mean i've I know the cultural references from the film long before I ever even saw the film. And it's one of the films that isn't on my list because it's like one of those, like I didn't put the hurt locker on. I didn't, right, right, you right. know, like, but, um, but I, I had to, to, man. No, it's I fine. Mean, it's just, I, I it watch is. it all the time. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. And, um, also I want the listeners. I want people to know, you know, a lady directed that, you right? know, I mean, because I, again, I know it, it is interesting. Cause as I said, when I was going through it, I was like, some of these, I I didn't know that. I, I'll be totally honest. I didn't know that. And some of the other ones on my list, I was like, wow, that's so cool. Because it's such a great film that's universally known and uh, beloved by men and women, you know? And it, it really like, I don't know, I'll go off on like a two-second tangent. I grew up with a very supportive very progressive family that was very like you can do anything and it never dawned on me that like because I'm a girl I can or can't do a thing or because right. someone's a boy and it's like I don't know just to me like you know you see these lists of films and they're just made by incredible directors exactly. and that's it that's so, it that's yeah. what it is it's art yeah all right cool what you got next so the next one that I have is Tallulah by Sean Hedder What's this about? Uh, Tallulah uh, premiered at Sundance several years ago. Okay. It was actually based on a short film that the director did at AFI. Okay. Um, and the short film was called Mother. And the I'll tell you, the short film is a young girl who lives in her van who is homeless and wandering the halls of Is this a, the Ellen Page film? Yep. Oh, I saw it. Okay, good. That's it. why it rings bell. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Alice Tallulah and Janney and Ellen Page. Yeah. Yeah, really good. 
very different <laughs> role for Ellen Page. Right? So it, you know, opens with this girl wandering the halls of a hotel getting breakfast food off the trays. Steals a baby. <laughs> yeah, and, and basically steals a baby. But um, the mother of the baby is completely drunk and clearly not taking care. She thinks that Ellen is a babysitter and leaves with this random girl, like leaves the baby. Anyway, um, it's an incredible film, well worth seeing, aside from just having its moments of like hilarity and heart. To me, it like... There's this like question of what does it mean to be a mother? Is it the biological act of conceiving a cell in your body that you grow and push out of your body and now it's a human? Or like who's a better mother for this child? Is it the homeless girl in the van? Is it the girl's boyfriend's mom that she's like, by the way, and she kind of lets her think that this is, you know. That's Allison Jennings. Yeah. Who's great in it. Yeah. Incredible. And Allison Jennings has her own problems as a mom. And, you know, is she any better because she's older? Does that mean she's a better mom? Yeah. And then the real mom is like freaking out trying to find her baby. And the social worker is like looking at this mother and she's like, how did you lose your child? And it just really poses this question of what does it mean to be a mother? And at sure. what point are you an actual mother? And, I think that's a really important conversation to have. And I think that it's really awesome that this film kind of brings that up. And it also touches on a couple of other things in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like um, Allison's uh, husband in the film leaves her for another man. And she has this whole monologue where she's like really upset because she was in love with this guy and it really hurt her. Right. And she's like, everyone's talking about how brave he is, but what did he do to me? Like, right. And I feel like there are conversations that we don't have. Yeah, there were repercussions. Right? And and because it's not politically correct and you know you shouldn't hold somebody back, well, you shouldn't hold somebody back. But that doesn't mean that someone should have to internalize their grief when they're hurt. Of course. You know, yeah. like it's, it's okay, good. He's, you know, clearly not in love with you. He should be with, you know, the man he loves. But you have a right to your emotions too. And, and it's still amends and yeah, responsibility. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it so it just feels like there's um there's just a lot of the repercussions of your actions. And I feel like the film touches on that note in a bunch of different ways in a very beautiful way. And yeah, I just, I love that film. It's a good one. And that's deep and heavy and thoughtful <laughs> and uh, way smarter than how I can articulate it. And of course, my next one is Clueless. <laughs> that's on my list. <laughs> Amy I did Heckling. put that one on my well, list. Well, <laughs> come on. That's as if it's a classic, right? But that's why, because Clueless redefined culture. Like it, it took pop culture and shifted it. And it's, so powerful language ways of dressing uh clothing matching your gum with your outfit the clown's like, liquor store is just a couple literally. miles down here you can drive there everyone takes pictures and stuff they like they get so much business because it's featured in the, in film. the film that's where she got mugged right <laughs> yeah but that's the like it, it, to me and sorry i'm totally like just usurping no it's, it's, it's on your go list. for it i love it <laughs> but like it it speaks to the power of film and i feel like you know it's this funny coming of age comedy that should have just been another i mean mean girls sort of did this a little it's bit better than mean but girls it, to me it's though. way and it and it it didn't influence i think clueless influenced society way more and it to me it just genuinely speaks to the power of film and the power of art in yeah. society no disrespect on mean girls which actually isn't it's a, a bad yeah, film no, it's hilarious but um clueless is a smart film I and mean, it's funny and and, and it's it's almost strange when you say that out loud, but it really is. Watch it. It's a very smart, witty film. The screenplay, the script is brilliant. You know, that the, the uh, 
I mean, it's a satire almost on like LA society and stuff. Uh, brilliant music. It's very well uh, written and, and big breakthrough performance from Silverstone. And then also, God bless her, uh, Brittany Murphy's great in it. I mean, it really is. Paul I mean, Rudd. I yeah, Paul Rudd looks who, exactly like a the vampire same. <laughs> who never ages. It's so scary, but it really is. I love that movie. Uh, unabashedly i mean i saw it when it came out like 20 years ago and mm-hmm. it's just as entertaining now so i agree with you completely yeah. you know, that's why it's on my list <laughs> <laughs> all right what you got okay so i'm gonna go um i was in this little pocket here so i alphabetized my lists um but after Tallulah, i had obvious child oh okay i'm not a fan <laughs> of that film I, I, I mean, it, it was so acclaimed. People love it. Maybe it's because I'm not a fan of the actress and she wrote and directed it, right? Uh, no, Jenny Slate. Jenny uh, Slate didn't direct no, it? No, it was it was directed by Gillian Robespierre. Oh, okay. I, I don't know who that is. I think maybe I'm not a fan of Jenny Slate. My wife likes that movie. That was a critically acclaimed movie. So the floor is yours on this one. <laughs> so this is one that I saw at Sundance. Okay. And I have raved about it ever since. Yeah, people love this movie. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I then saw the Netflix version. I rewatched it. Is it it. different? Yes. Okay. And either I'm a different person and I'm seeing it differently or very, very often, because at at Sundance, like films aren't even rated. You can show anything. Right. Then the distributors pick it up. They go, you need to clean this. You need to tighten this. You need to change this. Such a process. It is. And in my opinion, the heart of that story got slaughtered when it went to distribution. Yes. Okay. So maybe I saw the final version. Yeah. And- and I actually... But even then, uh, it was very critically acclaimed that yeah, film. Yeah. And it's very, you know, uh, it's it's a comedy about abortion. So right. to do that at all is like, yeah. whoa. But the... Um, I just didn't find the character likable at all. That was my problem. I couldn't get invested. And I understand yeah. that. Um, she, again, like all of my things are like, the movies really touched me or they really hit me or whatever. Obviously, I'm pro-choice. That's <laughs> kind of a given. Sure. But... Um, it actually I shouldn't say obviously I know a lot of women that aren't when I first saw the film at mm-hmm. Sundance to me it opened up like I'm a responsible pro-choice person I do not see abortion as a form of birth control like I think that's ridiculous and I could go on and on and on about the problems that we have with birth control being available about the ridiculous loops that women get put through if they want to get their tubes tied like you have to write an essay to get your tubes tied you have to get seen by a psychiatrist like you can't just go to your doctor you want a vasectomy you go walk in and get it i want my tubes tied i have to prove why i'm ready to get my tubes tied like it's anyway so this film to me when i saw it it showed like the responsibility involved in that choice and what it means to your life and what that relationship with the guy means and what the guy, you know, being involved, not involved, do I tell him, do I not tell him? And there were two very powerful monologues that I remembered where it was her friend or her sister who was talking about a legal abortion that she had had. And when I saw it, I had the impression that it kind of haunted her. Mm. It was the right thing to do, but it it wasn't like, you know, oh, I just popped a pill and I'm fine. Like, that's not something you just go do. Like, it messes with you. And I, you know, I will say I have taken plan B and it only once. And it even that messes with my head. Like, right. it's, it's, it, it's, it does something to you. And at the same time, I know women who have had abortions were completely fine from it. And you find out there's another character who had to have an illegal abortion and the repercussions of that on her. And 
in my opinion, if you're not absolutely for legal abortions by the end of this film, <laughs> you are not human. But you have to also understand the responsibility involved and the all the things that can be done before it gets to that point. And in the film, she gets, an, I'm going to totally spoil it, I'm sorry, but she gets an abortion. And I feel like they cut the scene shorter in the version that I saw, it may have just been that it was so like, oh my gosh, on the big screen, she's literally there and you hear the sound and she's just laying there crying. Mm. And it is so like, it. there's just so many different layers. And at the same time, the movies, like somehow they take this film and make it hilarious. Like the only yeah, day available. I don't available. remember that at all. <laughs> I probably blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> you're so much deeper into your like <laughs> you know i love it i hey i respect it and look each to their own everyone has their opinions sure. and i respect yours and you're very passionate about it but yeah, i'm like, sorry i don't want to like get your, no, your no, podcast I just, I, no i'm the one who's like oh man mine's just like oh it's so fun <laughs> and and you're like you you know you're very passionate i love it but it's, it's great and look you can watch these films from that viewpoint where it really resonates with you. And I have films like that. Sure. I have felt like Dead Poet Society is a film that is far more, it's my favorite film of all time for many reasons. Sure. There are so many intimate things about it. You know what I mean? But it's not talked about by a woman, so you can't talk about it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally good, kidding. Good I'm totally but kidding. But I can talk about anything <laughs> I want. It's my podcast. Yeah. But, but no, but I, so I really get where you're coming from. But yeah. I feel still a bit ashamed. <laughs> no, no. And I, like I said, this is a very carefully curated list yeah, of yeah. films that not only did I love, because literally like, this guy walks in and she's like in the bookstore and they're packing and she like curls up in the box and like puts the flap down. And right. she's just like, it's just, I don't know. There's just things that yeah. are just very funny and very real and very like, it's, yeah. It's I, Corey, you're my guest. Pour your heart <laughs> out. I love it. Okay, it's great. fantastic. It's okay. just then, I, you know, I don't know how to upstage you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's great. And maybe I should watch that again. I, I, I wonder if there's like, I wonder if you buy it on Blu-ray or something. It's like a full it's an uncut version or something. I just, I remember I watched that film and it just kind of came and went for me. I couldn't get invested in her character at all. That's all. I will say you when know? I saw it this last time, I was disappointed and it wasn't what I remembered. So I was curious about reaching out to the filmmaker and finding out if there was a different if they had to change it for distribution because there is I'll just like random just like shout out to all the indie filmmakers out there indie filmmakers are trying to tell stories distributors are trying to make money right and very different purpose yeah very different purpose and the indie film story sometimes gets altered even if only slightly to fit what they think is going to sell. Yeah, I hear that. And it was a very hard hitting film when I saw it. I could totally see a distributor like being like, Mm-mm, we're wow. going to, we're going to dial that back. All right, All right. Well, that's obvious child. Yes. All right. Uh, good choice. I'm glad you were passionate about it. <laughs> okay. Next to me, another, so this is another kind of acclaimed female director, Sophia Capella. Mm -hmm. Obviously I've lost in translation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's on your list. Mm -hmm. Because that, it's such a, well, when that film first film. came out, I wasn't a fan at all. Oh. I wasn't a fan at all. It's so funny how this film has grown on me. It's aged like a fine wine to me. Mm. When it was at the top of its hype, I thought it was a bore fest. Oh, wow. I, I watched it and I, I was like, I don't get it. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm 
older and wiser. <laughs> I don't know. Now it's quite a beautiful film. You know, the, the intimacy between Bill Murray and, uh, Sc- you know, Scarlett Johansson. It, it's quite it's quite beautiful. I, I, I do enjoy it. However, the film of hers that I actually chose, which I think is really um, underrated, is Mary Antoinette. Oh. You know, have you seen that? It's with uh, Kirsten Dunst. Um, it's directed by Sophia Capella. And I mean, it's about Marie Antoinette. And it's set in like this gorgeous, lavish, mm-hmm. you know, French during the French uh, Revolution hundreds of years ago with like an 80s punk music soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's in this. Henry Cavill's in this. Tom Hardy's in this movie before they were known. It's a really quirky, almost like a Wes Anderson movie i'm trying to figure out why i have it because i i've seen it, it and i've seen and ads went. for it, it but like i'm trying went. to remember why i didn't see it it really i mean this is a film that really has a very unique female vision and i'm a dude saying this but like <laughs> but like you watch it and it's so unique and singular um but i i really like this film and, and it's not even funny it's quite dramatic and it's quite right. i mean yeah, it's a, i mean Marie what happened it's to mary like... antoinette at the end but um i, I really enjoy it it's very un- underrated lost in translation has really come up in the steam to me but i i loved mary antoinette when i first saw it and i've seen it two or three times and it, again it's a film of hers that just came and went mm. you know she did virgin suicides as well which mm. i'm not a fan of that movie personally i don't know if you are that's what put her on map um, but I highly recommend Mary Antoinette. It's a, a great little film. It's just, it's just it's very singular in its vision. That's Sophia Capella. Okay, so this um, is a very recent documentary. Um, it is Moonlight Sonata: Deafness in Three Movements. Okay, I've never heard of this. What is that? <laughs> it just premiered at Sundance like five months ago. And that's why I haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, it is by Irene Taylor Brodsky, and I'm probably pronouncing okay. that wrong. And I mean no disrespect. It's a documentary. At all. It's a documentary. It is. Get this. So Irene's parents are both deaf, and her son. So she's hearing. But her son uh, started losing his hearing, I think, at about age three. So her son, who he started losing his hearing, but he wasn't fully deaf. Um, he gets a cochlear implant very early on in his life. So he kind of grows up with that. And he, he has, you know, hearing memories because he, you know, he's still a little kid. And he's learning how to play Moonlight Sonata, which is the song that and, – and her son just chose this song. Like he, was, he wanted to take piano lessons. He wanted to learn how to play Moonlight Sonata. Moonlight Sonata is the song that Beethoven wrote when he was going deaf. Right. So she, Irene's this incredible filmmaker, and she's watching her son, who's losing his hearing, learning to play a song written by a, you know, brilliant composer who wrote the song as he was losing his hearing. So her parents actually get cochlear implants, which is, it's what very- What is that? Oh, um, it's basically- um, a, surgery that you get that like goes like literally into your brain and it translates sounds for you wow so you can hear it sounds very robotic until eventually your brain kind of starts to rewire itself but for a young child to get the implant it's like you know that their brain grows with that but for an adult who's been deaf their entire life like that's their life and for a lot of people being deaf like it's not a handicap it's it's who they are it's right you know it's it's their it's their life and to have that sound it's almost like harder for them it's fascinating and it really really is and they show like her mom goes for um to get genetic testing and she finds out that the reason she's deaf is it's actually in her dna like she was mm. always going to lose her hearing and the genetic counselor calls it a typo 
And her mom's like, excuse me? <laughs> she's like, I'm a typo. She's like, I'm not a typo. Right. She's like, this is me. And at the same time, her father um, is beginning to get Alzheimer's. And it's, I don't know. Like, I literally, I have thought about this for, what is it, May? So That's when you saw it? Yeah, I saw it in January. So February, March, April, May. For the past, like, four months, I've literally, like, remembered this film and, like, tried to figure out how this director took so many beautiful stories all centered around her family, you know, mm. like, and she wove this thread and the story of Beethoven, like right. there are these beautiful animated sequences with like these birds and like the music and she has her son learning to play and she has her dad kind of going through just coming to grips with the fact that he has Alzheimer's and this is a thing now and her mom and then um, her and her husband who are, are hearing and it's just this it's kind of like this beautiful both slice of life and also like a, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I feel like you see so much about the culture of like their world, mm. but you kind of see both their, like their culture, but also they're just a family, you know, like there's nothing, I don't know. I just, I like it. They're just people living their life. And yeah, it's, hey. yeah, it's a very, very, very well-made film in my opinion. All right. Well, I'll check it out. I mean, yeah. it hasn't come out yet, right? I think it may, it was picked up either by HBO or PBS. Okay. Yeah. I'll look, I'll look out for okay. it for sure. All right, good. So next on my list, we're, we're speeding through this. Yes, so this is a classic. This is Penny Marshall big. Yeah. You know, probably not on your list, but I mean, how could it not be on the list of films directed by women? It's such a great film. It's I such it a heartwarming <laughs> movie, of course. You know, phenomenal performance by Tom Hanks, but also just a great film. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, it's a film that is very smart. Mm -hmm. Great script, really well done. It, you know, that's why I think it really stands the test of time and is oh, considered yeah. a classic. So I don't really have much more to say on that. It was like a childhood <laughs> favorite. I, I love it dearly. And, uh, Directed by Penny Marshall. <laughs> no, it's that's a hilarious film. I love that film. And, and very sweet, mm -hmm. though. Very, very heartwarming. Very sweet. It's not. It's not like Dumb and Dumber, which, by the way, is incredible. But you know, it's got a lot more to it. Hey, I love it. <laughs> but, but trust me, I understand. I mean, it's called Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a tender film yeah. and funny. No, very much so. And the only reason it's not on my list is because I was you knew I had. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's gonna be on his list. It's okay, that's why we get Moonlight Sonata <laughs> from you. I'm like the fool over here with Point Break and Wayne's World. No, those are the classics. And it's okay. I, yeah. Um. So, um, I'm gonna go back to Catherine Hardwick for a minute. Miss Bala. Did she direct that? That's the one that just came out just with came Jane out. the Virgin. Yep. Okay. Gina Rodriguez. Yes. And that's a uh, that's a remake of like a Spanish film. Yes. Yeah. And. It has the absolute worst marketing I have ever seen from it a studio film went, right? in my entire life. The marketing on it, what, and I, I have no idea who I did no the marketing. I no idea that was Catherine Hardwick. It was terrible. They marketed it. Like, all my friends, I was like, oh my God, everybody watch this movie. And they're like, it just looks like some spy film, like whatever, some action. It is one of the most... Okay, Gina... Rod can we just talk about this actress for a minute? Gina Rodriguez. She yeah, she's great. She is like... I couldn't even finish saying her name. Like, I just had to like... No, she's fantastic. She's... But in this film specifically, she is so good, like right. so good. They did a, they did some rewrites on the original. They mixed it up a little bit. Um, but she it's she's, a revenge movie, right? No, oh, she's not? a makeup artist who's going down to like Baja to take her friend who wants to be a beauty queen and do her makeup for free, like to help out her sister, you know, her friend, and she. 
like goes down there and they're at this like club and it gets like shot up with these guys that are basically kidnapping young women to traffic them and she is trying to find her friend and that's it like she's not a superhero she's not an incredible person oh, you see the poster and is just her with a bunch know, of guns and a sexy dress is oh man horrible. that's terrible there's so much more to Gina so there's a lot curves. more to the film so much more it is okay the art design is phenomenal the casting is oh my god there's oh, that's a pity that they marketed it uh, like uh, it is so good it is so brilliant it is so powerful and strong and i mean she gets like she has to like trap like she gets caught by the dea who thinks that she's in with them and she's trying to tell them that she's not and then her like dea contact like like there is no good guy bad guy you know it's like the government's messed up. The drug cartels are messed up. Everybody's messed up. And she's just this little girl from Southern California in the middle of all of it going, holy crap, how do I stay alive and how do I find my friend? And huh. it is so, oh my God, I'm like yelling. It's okay. <laughs> it, I love the action, Cora. <laughs> it is literally probably one of the best action. And then it does have like a pretty, you know. It is a badass like, action movie. In the but end, there's a lot more yeah, to it. So much more. And it's so real she doesn't just suddenly like you know grab a bunch of guns and rip off her dress and like all right. of a sudden she's amazing she her character arc is incredible and everything down to like the costume design to like there's a scene where she has to take off her clothes and like she's wearing like this really boring like t-shirt bra and like normal kind of like boring underwear and like there's a reason she takes off her clothes in the sequence that she does, and it's kind of the atypical sequence you'd think so. And, like, it is one of the most nerve-wracking... Ter- like, I was sitting on the edge of my seat during that scene. I was, like, holding my... Like, there were so many times. Oh, my God. It is so good. Just go watch the movie. I mean, I movie. love her. I loved her in Annihilation. I loved her in Deepwater Horizon and even Jane the Virgin. Oh, that's so My good. wife loves <laughs> that show. So good. No, but she really is... I mean, she's a a great actress in that movie she really is i mean she won a golden globe and came out of nowhere i Mm -hmm. remember so great choice amazing film everybody go watch it right now okay good podcast yeah there you go (laughs) yeah listen to the podcast first okay my next one uh so this was the uh the directorial debut of drew barrymore which is whip it i think this film is so underrated have you seen whip it with Ellen Page. Okay, so it's about the uh, the roller derby in L.A., which actually I, I, I went to those games like mm-hmm. a decade ago when it was huge here, where these, these like badass like punk chicks covered in tattoos like beat the crap out of each other. Um, but it's a really sweet coming-of-age film about her wanting to break out. And her mother is played by Marsha Gay Harden, who's great in it. And she's this beauty pageant, beauty queen. And she's all prim and proper. And Ellen Page doesn't want to follow that footsteps. And it's all about her breaking out and wanting to be herself. And Juliette Lewis is in it, Kristen Wiig, um, and Drew Barrymore. It's a really fun well done film now look again i feel bad because i i can't articulate the words so so well as you and it's great but um it really it's another film that a is just a good time but it does have deeper messages see now i'm really trying but but it actually (laughs) does it's a very good kind of be yourself be who you are and it's damn fun great soundtrack i'm surprised drew barrymore didn't go on to direct more films because i thought she did a great job for this whip it check it out <laughs> i will have to all right blow it. my mind away with your next one cora <laughs> ready liza mandaloop i'm probably pronouncing that wrong that's the director mm-hmm. of a documentary called jawline 
Never heard of it. Just premiered. Hey, you got some documentaries <laughs> in here. You cheat. It's, it's okay. It's hey, a, you're they're the feature guest. films. You're John, the guest. I, I did say, I said, are they their feature films? Can <laughs> I say them? So long story short, Jawline is a documentary about this movement that's kind of happening sort of like in an attempt to recreate the Beatlemania insanity of the 60s around male celebrities without the boys actually being anything other than physically good looking. Is that why it's called Jawline? Yeah. Okay. So what they do, what this filmmaker did is she ended up like kind of discovering this world, documenting it, finding one boy whose story she was going to tell kind of in a parallel to a couple of other boys. Long story short, girls literally buy tickets just to take a picture with these boys. They will right. pay money to get a hug. They like and like the boys just kind of make content, but their content is just like, you can do anything. Chase your dreams. You're awesome. I love you. You know, like that's their thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, just remember, just you do you. You can you can do anything. Just, you know, and and like that's true, but they're like there's some realness that has to be behind you of can do course. anything. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. not just like, like empty words. And like this kid gets like brought up by an agent and he gets taken on this like whirlwind tour and then the contract was like crap and he got no money. He ended up actually owing the guy money and in the end, like it's just nothing happened. But um it to me, if the, if we were to reverse the roles and it was girls doing this, we would call that prostitution, mm. or we would just be completely against it because these girls are so much better than how they look. There's so much more to them than their boobs or their face or their this or their that. But like these guys, they literally get agents who like their job is just to, like pimp them out so and like make them look good. Them out, literally, yeah. and it's almost like a joke, not a joke, but like it's like these boy bands. Literally, know? but the yeah. thing is, they're not even a band. They just go on stage and like smile, like they don't right. do anything, and it's. It's a little creepy because like yeah, the, the girls are like, I love you. You're so much nicer than my real friends. And it's like, it, to me, that is so toxic because you need to learn how to have real friends in the real world. You yeah, need so to fake. learn. Yeah. It's like, because on the internet, it's easy. There's no commitment. You're not, you don't have to be there when the person's having a bad day. Oh, yeah. You don't have you to. start started out social media, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. But it's just like, it's kind of like having an affair. You know, it's all the fun without any of like the work. Right. And you don't have to worry about that person when they're having a bad day. Like whatever, you're not my you're not my side piece right yeah. now. So it, it jawline. Yeah, it's just a very powerful documentary, and I feel like it's very like it's a very important cultural conversation to be having. So okay, yeah, I'll have to check that out. All right, so back to my totally pointless. Uh, no, pick. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is actually a great film. Uh, this is Greta Gerwig's directorial debut, uh, Lady Bird. Do you see Lady Bird? You didn't like it? Not a fan. No, no, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? Mm -mm, oh, I it's know. a great film. I'm going to be so, like, yeah. people are literally going to be judging me and they're going to be like, I'm oh. not going to listen to anything. No, I know, I know this they are. This is judgment free, man. <laughs> no, you're not going to judge yeah. me. People listening to the podcast nah, are going to judge nah, me. They won't at all. But here's <laughs> the thing. Again, everyone has their likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. That's why there's, that's why there's millions of things for everyone. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's things I don't like, but when, when you've got these people who go, get really butthurt over something it always kind of cracks me up but uh lady bird uh is, is a very impressive film directed by um greta gerwig who's a good actress herself um but saoirse ronan's just fantastic in this as the lead uh she grew you know it's all about her you know growing up as a catholic schoolgirl. so obviously i can't relate to that but the performances are fantastic mm -hmm. it's really well done it's a great coming of age movie uh, my wife loves it she did grow up like that so it really resonated with her yeah. so she would have a lot to say about it but uh it, it's a good movie and i'm excited to see her do more for greta gerwig uh, as a director
See, I do have Captain Marvel on this list. Okay. Um, but I'm so gonna... that's Anne Bodan and Ryan mm-hmm. Flett. Okay. Yeah, and that it's a good film. It was an incredible film. Um, and I love the fact I love the character development in the characters and so many other things about that film that I could just go and on. I captured and on and on the with. '90s so well. Oh, I God, loved it. it I'm a '90s kid and an '80s kid. So. <laughs> yeah, it just it it. Um, it was just very well made, and that flurkin. You should check out the flurkin, their... flurkin. Oh yeah, the cat. <laughs> the cat was great. You should check out their other films. No, I will. Yeah. Half I... Nelson, and it's kind of a funny story. Those films are really good, and those are like indie films, which I can tell you're really and, passionate about. And to be fair, I do love blockbusters. There's a yeah. lot of blockbuster films that sure. are like might have my heart i just figured you know a lot of these films don't ever get light shined on them that's the so point everyone sees the blockbusters yeah, yeah. So, so i i love putting a spotlight on films that people haven't heard of for sure awesome. but captain marvel's a great pick but that wasn't the one that i was going to talk about i was oh. going to say bend it like beckham oh that's right that is directed by a lady that's a good film I'm yeah. not going to even try that's to embarrass Jonathan Reese Myers i don't know who directed it it's an indian lady Grindier- right Chada and I yeah. apologize with all of my heart. That for was not um, being able to that was Kira Knightley's breakout. Yeah. yeah, the only thing that pissed me off about that film is I was a huge Man United fan and a huge Beckham fan, so I was pissed off when I watched the entire film. And <laughs> he wasn't in never it. <laughs> saw Beckham once. <laughs> that's the only thing I complained about. I'm but otherwise, it's a, it's a good film. Budget. No, not at guess. all. It's an indie film, and that wasn't the point. It, it was about it was about this girl and about her heritage and race with her family and her again, kind of her going against the norm and what's expected of her, and and also just great performances from the main girl who I haven't really seen anything else. Kira Knightley, Jonathan Reese Myers was great in it. Uh, you know, a feel good movie about kind of finding yourself so i love it what I, else have you got to say no, about that <laughs> i um so i have loved the film and i actually recently watched it i'm gonna give i know you said shorts don't count but um i recently saw a film called uh five o'clock shadow by um a woman who's now a dear friend of mine uh her name is sangita and she's a director and writer and actress she started directing and writing because she was so tired of being cast and these are her direct words of being cast as the Indian mother. And I'm not trying to be rude by right, like, make, like that was like how she said it. Cause that's not how she talks. Yeah, and you. she's like, this is ridiculous. So she did a film where, you know, she's coming home from the grocery store and she's arguing with her husband about something that happened. And to me, I didn't think anything of it. She's just wearing like, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and she's talking to her husband and she's like arguing with him. And when, during the panel afterwards, she was saying like to see an Indian woman arguing with her husband, that doesn't happen. Right. And I was like, holy crap. And it kind of like made me just look at things a little bit different. Like I said, you know, with like Yentl where like you're seeing pieces of culture. Yeah. For me, Bennett, like Beckham, you see things about their culture and I feel like it kind of, A, it's just, it's, I think it's great. I love being able to like learn more about other people and kind of like, um, see things about their life that I wouldn't think of, you know, sneaking off to soccer practice and they think she's like dating a girl and then it's like, oh my God, you're playing soccer and that's like somehow yeah. worse. But, um, well, there, I mean, their traditions are so strong. It really is. Cause I mean, in England, you have a lot of these sure. Indian Pakistani families and it's, I mean, they have their traditions. It's really, and it's, there's something. a lot of that, even like in New York where I grew up with like, um, there's a very orthodox Jewish community and stuff like that. And I understand the not wanting to lose your culture to a new land, but at the same time, there has to be a balance, you know, between the, and I feel like that, um, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's it's just, it's a really, it's a well-made film, you know, it's funny, it's interesting, it's, it's, um, you know, heartwarming. Um, I think it was on Amazon. Um, I'm trying to remember, we may have rented it. 
uh like off amazon prime or so something that's online like that. yeah 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 okay. it's like a streaming okay cool but i'll yeah. give it to you man good shout out <laughs> Sweet. okay i only have oh two- five o'clock shadow you mean yeah oh that's what i was talking oh, about oh thank my benny like beckham no no five o'clock shadow um it it's uh there's a facebook page for it and okay. so if you just go to five o'clock shadow on facebook they'll be able to okay yeah, good to watch it. all right good i only have two more so we'll wrap this up so jane campion okay the piano you ever seen the piano Mm-mm. okay i don't know what happened to jane campion no well she was one of the most acclaimed directors in the 90s the piano is a beautiful movie uh anna paquin won an oscar when she was 12 years old holly hunter harvey keitel very beautiful atmospheric film then she went on to do in the cut which was a god awful which ruined meg ryan's career and then since then she's done like tv but quite good some good tv stuff but uh the piano is a gorgeous film from the 90s very beautiful drama um so i highly recommend that and then my last one is sleepless in seattle which nora efron yeah who i mean she did several i mean she was like the oh she just she could do you know romance but also rom-com just so well she did you've yeah. got mail and yeah. but i love so like you've got mail i won't lie now is a bit kind of cheesy <laughs> sleepless in seattle i know each their own but sleepless it's in actually seattle, a remake of an older film you've got mail mm-hmm. really because well i guess it must have been before email existed <laughs> um you got mail is a like modern adaptation of shop around the corner oh that's fine oh yeah, yeah i actually heard that yeah, yeah. yeah about two rival like book bookshops or something but um the one that i love is sleepless in seattle because that film really holds up to me that's such a it's very again it's very witty it's very smart you know and and it's very romantic tom hanks meg ryan couldn't be better together i don't know what happened to meg ryan it's a pity i mean she really was america's sweetheart for so long but that's a lovely film and um i do love that movie and nora efron i mean it's just a staple and you know really smart well-written well-directed romantic comedies kind of for everyone to watch intellectual movies there you go (laughs) something deep that i had to say (laughs) all right you got Um, any others so i I do i have i'll do my i'll do my last two Um, okay so um one of them is a league of their own Oh, yeah. That's directed by a lady, huh? Yeah, Penny Marshall. That's Penny Marshall, too? <laughs> oh, awesome. I love A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so that film is everything. It is smart. It's funny. It's very well made. It touches on things in a very real way. Like when they're like, okay, girls, you're going to play baseball. Here's your uniform. Man, that's Madonna, <laughs> Roseanne, oh, gosh. Gina Davis. Yeah. The cast is cast. incredible. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. But it just there's so many Ooh, so Penny many Marshall, things like Tom Hanks, big. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just like like you know the uniforms come out and the girls are like, are you kidding me right now? Like yeah. what what is this? Right. You know the woman learning how to read, the woman who gets the letter from I'm gonna cry, the woman who gets a letter f- about her husband, like and and all the women just standing there like praying that it's not them and yeah. hating themselves for being relieved that it wasn't them, right? And like just the reality of it, the reality of balancing their life with balancing their love of something that wasn't accepted and then the baseball game at the end just i love that i, I so love much. that it's, movie it's I such a great about, film. yeah it's yeah. just it's it's both historical and wonderful. it's like a universal film it really is you know, i mean baseball. Really, that's awesome I, I don't know why i, <laughs> I was surprised yeah. it wasn't on your list actually. well i think because i chose big but, okay you know that's i mean funny. penning marshall again she's done several yeah, you know, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she's one she's a legendary film Director. And it was one of those where, like, I was going to wait and see if it was on your list. No, I'm glad you um, chose it. Uh, and then um, the other one that I have is Advantageous. I've never heard of it. Um, it 
2014. It premiered at Sundance, I want to say. Who directed it? Um, Jennifer Fang. All right, tell me about Advantageous. So Advantageous is very, on a surface level, it's about ageism. It's about a woman who's a spokesperson uh, for this company, and she's getting too old. And they're kind of pulling her back a little bit because she's too old. And there's this new service that is being offered where you can dump your consciousness into a younger body. Oh, wow. So it's like sci-fi. It's sci-fi, very Ooh, sci-fi. Now I'm interested. Now, now the thing I'm is, one of the things I love about this film is nobody's nationality, nobody's race, nobody's skin color has anything to do with the plot. And it is one of the most diverse casts I've ever seen. Huh. It, the, um, is this an American film? Uh, or subtitled foreign? No, 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 no. It's an American. It's in English. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, um, the lead actress is Asian. Okay. Um, her daughter's Asian. She's a black friend and a blonde haired friend and their mothers are friends and there's like these circle of people and there's a ton of women and I just love like to me that is the future. Like it literally doesn't matter. You're just a person first right. and I I love that and who you are as a person is what is most important. I have a little bit of consideration about saying that because I don't want to like wipe away someone's culture like as far as who they are. I mean, I but, get where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the, the this specific film and this specific story is about this it's woman. Humanity, right? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. it's about humanity. It's I about the way we view aging and the way we view... Um, I don't want to spoil it, but it is very powerful and it is, you know, again, what a woman will do for her daughter, um, a mother's love... Um, it also has some phenomenal production design, just absolutely beautiful costumes and sets. And the cinematography is really nice. And the story, really nice. It's like the worst way to describe cinematography. Um, it's it's very cinematic really cinematography. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's it's just, it's a, a very, very well-made film and um, very, very powerful. One of those films that has just stuck with me literally since I saw it. Okay. And I was kind of disappointed that it didn't go further. Well, I'll have to check it out. Um, you should. All right. Is that your list? You got any um, more? My list. Okay. I have um, a quick shout out to a documentary, Like We Don't Exist. Directed by? Ansley Sawyer. It is about the longest running civil war in the history of ever. And it's this literally these people um, in like the Thailand, Burma, Myanmar sort of area where they don't have a country, they don't have a home, they don't have anything. And they've literally been living in a refugee camp for like 50 years to the point where the UN is like, why are we still funding this? Can we just stop funding this? And they're like, hello, <laughs> we're still right. here. Can we just, can you just fix this please? And um, Ansley and her crew literally quit their jobs and moved to the camp for a wow. year and filmed them. Um, it's available on Facebook and it is, in my opinion, just such a... Um, a human relevant story and the fact that it's called like we don't exist and nobody has heard about it is so apropos and i will take any chance i have to point people's attention into the direction of that film um it is a short which is why it wasn't officially on my list um but there's that one and then the other one is a film called dead hooker in a trunk Okay, that sounds very different. What's this? So um, your requirements was it had to be a feature. It had to be a film I have seen. Okay. Um, I I mean, I don't really have any requirements. <laughs> That's it, what you said. It, no. You're the, you're the guest. It's okay, your well, choice. then in that case, The Year of Obvious Men by Leah Thompson, that is going out there. If I Because I haven't, so haven't a chance, seen it. I haven't a chance to watch it yet. <laughs> I mean, but, obviously, um, you should see it to be I able to know. talk about it. But tell me about okay. The Hooker so in the Trunk. Dead Hooker in a Trunk. So there I is. I mean, we're like, yay, feminism here. So now I want 
want to know about this. <laughs> this is what I'm ending on. There's a production company called Twisted Twins Productions. Okay. And it is by, I'm going to pronounce this wrong because I don't think I've ever heard their names said out loud, the Soska sisters. Oh, I've heard of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. right? So these two brilliant women have redefined the horror industry and like cult horror films yeah. and the dead hooker and they uh, have a huge cult following yep dead hooker in a trunk was their first film have you seen it no <laughs> <laughs> i i i have a very weak i'm not a horror person yeah. I, I have a very but i've heard yeah. of the Saskatoon. so that's why i like i literally so i funny. adore these women you have no idea i <laughs> like have you seen any of their films i can't i literally will get but nightmares. you okay i get it so without uh, you you really respect their art their yes. passion i get it but it, you can't stomach seeing the film exactly and okay. i respect what they do i have several friends who are huge 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 like horror is their genre it's what they do it's how they tell their stories and i super respect that right. it's just not for me and yeah, I'm yeah. Sure and some i agree people, horror yeah. is not for me then again there are a lot of films in the horror genre that are just so good they're elevated for me but i, I get what you're saying i get nightmares okay. way too easily right, so right, i have right. to be very careful about what i watch but um so Anyway, I just, the fact that these two women went into an industry that is very disrespectful to women, it is very closed door to women, it is very, you can't do this. Right. And they, not only did they do it, but they like ripped a hole in the very they fabric of that own. genre yeah. and owned it to the point where they are like icons of this industry now. Yeah. I mean, they're writing. Yeah, even I've heard of them. Yeah, they're writing The Black Widow, um, the latest Black Widow comic book for Marvel right, right now. the film. Yeah. yeah, no, not the film, the comic book. Oh, they're writing the actual they're comic book. They're writing the actual okay. comic book. So, and if you follow follow them like on Twitter, they're, they're such like positive, incredible, empowering people. Mm. And I just feel like the world needs more of that. Like Absolutely. it needs people who just, they don't care. They have their story. They're going to tell it. They're not going to give up. They're not going to be told why. And they're literally just going to do it. And they're going to do it well. And then they're going to keep doing it well. And I cannot like... I, I cannot put into words how much respect I have for these women. I love it, Cole. So that's why they get my honorable mention. All right. Is that your list? <laughs> that's my list. Okay, good. So bring it back to Tony the Movie Guy silliness. I thought of one more. Oh! But Amy Heckling, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. Written by Cameron Crowe. I mean, this is one. Uh, look, I'm actually not the biggest fan of this film. But again, it's one that's really grown on me. In America, it's like a staple oh, yeah. of like, you know, high school movie. Why it's not in my you know, <laughs> well, And you got Spicoli, Sean Penn and all that. But also the women in this film, the, the sexuality is very um, blunt, especially for like a high school movie. Right. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, you know, uh, I, I remember when I watched it as a kid, as a teenager, I was... Uh, it was a bit kind of shocking to me because it's like a high school comedy, but right. it, it's quite raw in its sexuality. I mean, she practically gets raped by this like douchebag character. Um, but, you know, and it's directed by a woman written by Cameron Crowe. Uh, you know, you can really see it through the lens of the, the, the boys and the girls. Um, but it's a film over the years that I've watched over and over again. Um, and it's kind of raised in esteem and it's fun. You know, it's a funny film. So there you go. I mean, I know my choices are more like, you know, <laughs> I enjoy it, you know, but still, I think we, you know, we had a, a good, a good chat there. You had some great ones on yours. You had a lot of the commercial ones too. And then you got to kind of plug some I deeper tried. ones that I think, <laughs> no, I think you did a good job that were quite personal to you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, everyone check them out. I'm sure we have something here 
that will, uh, you know, interest you. And also, yeah, I want to see, let, let's just, let's see more films directed by human beings, hey. men, <laughs> women, children, anyone, because I, I just want to see more art. But um, I do think it was cool that we kind of put a spotlight on, you know, great films big acclaimed films directed by women that I guarantee you many people be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then also put a spotlight on films maybe that people haven't heard of. Right. You know, so they can check them out. Well, All I right. hope so. Yeah. How was that? You have fun? I think so. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I had fun. All right, Cora. Well, look, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Where, where can people find you? So um, I'm going to plug two things, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so Shameless plug is all yours. <laughs> yes. So one, my production company just optioned a feature film that we are developing right now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's called Comic Relief. You can okay. find it at Comic Relief Movie on Facebook and Instagram. And um, we are just doing some last rewrites. Actually, I don't know when is this going to air because the rewrites will be probably be done by the time this airs. That's awesome. This will come out um, in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, perfect. The rewrites yeah. better be done. So yeah, this is a feature film that we are developing. Um, I want to have it uh, shot in the next year. Um, if there's anybody out there who is interested in participating in this, especially by way of investing in the film let me know how can um, they contact you <laughs> they can contact me at info at space dream films.com okay so single dream plural films and the um other way to reach me is through my production company space dream films um and that is our website space dream films.com cool we also have a facebook page and an instagram i'll put your link as well don't okay worry. perfect there you go. yeah so that you're welcome is... <laughs> ha -ha, thank you and the and second thing Oh, I was going to say, um, uh, so I've kind of been navigating my way through like the film festivals and making films and all that stuff. My husband and I have directed and produced 10 films in the last four years. That's awesome. So thank well you. Well done. And thank you. Um, all the films I've directed are award winning so far. So I'm pretty excited about that. Keep um, creating. And I'm trying to share. I feel like I... There needs to be more people making films, especially women. So um, our YouTube channel is uh, Space Dream Productions, and I'm going to start having there's two film uh, there's two videos up right now just about Sundance, and there's going to be some more just about navigating film festivals, working with contracts, how to hire people, how to fundraise, how to develop a project, like anything I can think of that has anything to do with making a film is going to be going on the YouTube channel. So. Well, that's awesome. Look, Cora, I love having you on the show. I wish you and Spacey all the best. I love your passion. <laughs> it's great. It's overwhelming in a, <laughs> in a really positive way, which is awesome. And, and look, I am going to look forward to seeing, uh, you know, films and all kinds of great projects and your, your feature film being released with your name on the title. Meep. You're going to make it happen. Be it written by Alex Hawthorne. I'm very excited to be working with him. There you go. That's awesome. Well, look, <laughs> thanks so much. Good night, everyone. Bye. Thank you for having me. Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. My weekly reminder is you can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. Also, don't forget to leave those five-star iTunes reviews. We really appreciate them. And we will see you in a few weeks. Have a safe 4th of July. Bye-bye.